Welcome to Everyday Health Simplified. I'm Elisa Poole, ex-teacher turned health enthusiast. Each episode, you get bite-sized pieces of nutrition and mindset education so that you can be empowered to take the next step on your wellness journey. Welcome back, everyone. This week's episode focuses a little bit more on emotional health than nutritional health. It's episode 52, and 52 makes me think of a deck of cards, 52 cards, and that makes me think of gambling, and that made me think of hope. (laughs) Strange, perhaps, but that's how my mind works. And it's true that whenever we have a goal that includes a personal change in some way, maybe it's weight loss or a behavior change, a way of communicating, a role in our relationship, how we parent, No matter what it is, we are always taking a gamble on ourselves when we are trying to change that thing about ourselves that we don't like. And gambling means risk. And some of us do better with risk than others. To make personal changes, there are several emotions or states of mind that influence our actions, two of which are faith and hope. Believe it or not, there is a state of mind called fear of hope that is quite common. And it reminds me of that 80s song by Bonnie Tyler, Total Eclipse of the Heart, who knows it? Once upon a time there was light in my life, but now there's only love in the dark. Nothing I can say, a total eclipse of my hope. Na, 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 na. Anyway, I wanted to share the concept with you, everyday health practitioners, because it's only as we understand ourselves and why we do the things that we do that we can begin to change. Dr. Russ Ellenhorn describes fear of hope in his book, How We Change and 10 Reasons We Don't. Everything I'm sharing in this episode comes from that book, so if you want more information, go check it out. But I think that we can all agree that there is a natural tension that's created when we recognize that where we are is different from where we want to be. That's called a gap, right? And the tension is created because when you begin a change in yourself, you're recognizing that there is something in you that is incomplete or dissatisfying to you. And that not only threatens your self-worth, but it also brings up a fear. What if you don't achieve that goal? What if you don't accomplish the change? What does that mean about you? So when you strive for change, you're both hoping for a change in yourself and risking disappointment that you won't succeed. And as you move forward, you must continually choose hope and purposeful action. But some of us have a hard time dealing with hope. So let's understand what hope is. Hope Dr. Ellen Horn describes, is a yearning for something new, a change you are seeking, the difference that you want to make. Hope is what moves you to act. It's what sustains your efforts to adapt. It's a force within us to keep trying or to continue on, and it's a posture that we assume towards threats or challenges. Hope is also connected to our ability to motivate ourselves. Now, Hope is distinct from, but very connected to, faith, which Dr. Ellenhorn describes as more of a message that we have the ability to attain our goal. We can trust in something that we believe is already occurring. Faith often validates our hope. It creates confidence. Confidence, actually, when you get to the Latin root, con and fid, means with faith. We have faith in our actions or our emotions or other external sources. 
So let's consider for a moment what it means to hope, like what happens in our minds when we hope, because I think it'll help understand the fear of hope a little bit better. There's actually an entire pathway of hope. As you create a goal, you begin to move toward something that you currently lack or something that you acknowledge is missing in your life. And to get there, accountability is needed at some level, either from yourself or from others. And usually our minds don't like too much of that either. (laughs) But then as you move forward, inevitably, there are some obstacles that will block your path. And there will likely be some disappointments along the way. A disappointment, if you break down that word, dis and appoint, means that you have failed to reach an appointed goal. Now, some disappointments are big and some are small. Small disappointments you can shake off. However, if the disappointments are big, especially in your mind, then you lose faith in yourself and or the world. You think you are less capable than other people. You could become worried about your ability to make it. Your ability to make your life work is now in question. And a natural outcome is for you to fear hoping again because hope is what took you down that pathway in the first place. (laughs) So if someone has had many disappointments in life, then living with disappointment, not achieving your goals, becomes the norm in life, and it actually becomes the expected outcome. Did you guys get that? Living with disappointment becomes the norm. Living with not achieving your appointed goal becomes the expected outcome. That is a heavy place for me to imagine living. I don't know about you guys. But when we experience fear of hope, we typically lack faith in ourselves or our emotions. We don't believe in our own self-efficacy. We don't believe that we're able to get things done. We don't trust our own emotions. And that means we have little forward motion. We stay in the same place. Now, here's an interesting point. Fear of hope does not mean you have less hope. It means you have fewer visions of positive outcomes of the things that you hope for because going for it could be painful because those goals are meaningful to you and it's possibly painful. So if you ignore them, avoid them, or push them aside, then you don't have to deal with that pain. So that's fear of hope. Now, people with less fear of hope or so the people that don't fear hope, that just hope normally, they don't ignore those events because those events, those goals, they're not seen as significant to their psyches. What they are hoping for, the goals they're pursuing, they're not seen as threats to themselves if they don't accomplish them. Put another way, whether or not they achieve whatever goal they're pursuing is not connected to their self-worth. So they are free to hope. But for people who fear hope, the fear of not achieving their goals is connected to their self-worth. They make it mean something if they don't achieve it, and therefore they are afraid to try because they are afraid to fail and afraid that that failure will prove that something is wrong about themselves, that something negative exists in them. People who have fear of hope often have a different focus on time. Since they are fearing future disappointment, People with fear of hope usually operate within a narrower window of time. They tend to focus more on what happened in the past and today. They ruminate more on the past and tend to restrict forward movement since that brings anxiety. They have a strong pull to stay the same the way they are. Because they fear hope, even though they do want change, they're just afraid to go after it. 
So they focus more on the past, maybe the present instead of the future. They also have a sense of helplessness because the disappointments that they've experienced have taught them to distrust their emotions because that's what got them there in the first place. So people with fear of hope have a decreased sense of self-efficacy. They don't feel they're very capable of doing anything that they set out to do. According to Dr. Ellen Horn's book, there are signs that you are acting from fear of hope. I'll share a few and you can see if any of these sound familiar to you. The first one is using counterfactuals. And these are phrases like, what if, oh, what if, if only this had happened, I could have done this, I should have done that. Those are counterfactuals that keep you ruminating on the past. Another sign of fear of hope is feeling either disconnected from others or being codependent or needy with other people. So one analogy that helped me understand this was raising kids. We want our kids to be able to operate independently and be connected with others. Kids who are secure in their families know that they can fall back on their parents if they need to, but they don't need their parents to be with them or encourage them or you know hold their hands in taking risks. So you feeling disconnected from other people or needing other people to make you do something, those are signs of fear of hope. If your motivation is slow or if it stops or is non-existent and you tend to want to stay the same, he explains that this shows a need for you to have connection with other people. Because when we choose poorly, it's often because we are disconnected. Because being with other people, having support without neediness is motivation. And that helps you move forward, just like kids, right? They're connected with other people, but they are not needy about it. That helps them motivate to keep moving forward. A third sign of fear of hope is playing possum or puppet in your life. He explains that when you do this, you tend to use other people or outside circumstances to stay where you are in life. For example, I didn't get that promotion because someone else got it first, I was overlooked, I started too late, my team didn't perform, etc. Or I can't lose weight because of my genes, I'm too busy, my family, this is just the way it is, etc. When you play possum or puppet, What you are actually doing is keeping expectations low, both for yourself and others, portraying yourself as directed by outside forces, stating that your inability to succeed is fate and not choice. You're also not wanting people to see you as accountable, including yourself, and you're living by a script that's written without choices, without hope. That's what happens when we play puppet in our life. A fourth sign of fear of hope is not pursuing the goal. You actually are happier thinking or talking about the goal instead of doing the action steps to get there because the action steps could be painful, disappointing, or demoralizing. So simply talking about it and saying you'll get around to it keeps you safe. Yet another sign is when you keep deliberating. Is this the right choice? Am I making the right choice? So this deliberation deals with commitment and risking the loss of something else you value. A really easy example is, let's say you go to a restaurant and it has like 50 different menu options and you choose the fajitas. That's one in a 50 chance. That's a one in a 50 chance that you're ordering the right thing. Oh my gosh, but there are 49 other things. What am I missing out on? But if you go to a smaller restaurant that only has five things on the menu and you choose one, well, that's a one in five chance. So chances are you're not missing out on anything else, right? So the point is, when you deliberate, you're, you're really wondering what other choices are you missing out on? This, people do this with partners, with activities, with jobs, right? In all of those areas, people are like, I don't know, that, is this the right choice? And what they're worried about is what they're gonna miss out on if they choose this one. 
Speaking or thinking in have-tos is another sign of fear of hope. Have-tos are a way to take away agency from yourself and make yourself a puppet, saying like, oh, I have to go to work. I have to go grocery shopping. I have to take the kids to school. I have to make food. I have to exercise. The more you use language of have to shows a fear of hope because you're not willing to take responsibility for your desires that are behind those have to's. For example, I have to go to work. Well, you have a desire to want to provide for yourself and have spending money. Uh, Having to go grocery shopping means you want to get food for yourself and quickly, but you have also things to do other than that. And having to exercise means you want to have a strong and healthy body. So those are the desires that are behind your have to's, but speaking in have to's is just another way to make you a puppet. A seventh sign of fear of hope is what Dr. Ellenhorn calls the dance between hubris and humiliation. And that means you cannot look at yourself. It's a way to avoid looking at yourself. Hubris is having an overinflated view of yourself and humiliation is being ashamed of yourself. So what some people who experience fear of hope do is swing between the two. They swing between this belief that they should be able to skip the hard work and the effort needed to attain the goal. They should be able to go straight to the top, reach the destination quickly, lose the 20 pounds in two weeks, right? There's this feeling of urgency that's gotta happen now and they have a frantic need to feel complete. But then, of course, when they don't make it immediately or they fall off the wagon or do anything else that they perceive to be a failure, they swing to the other end of the pendulum and are overcome with shame and humiliation about themselves. They're demotivated, disappointed, and they believe they're never going to make it. And lastly, another sign of fear of hope is not sharing your goals with others because you don't want other people to know you are trying. You might not share it because maybe they've seen it before or it risks other people witnessing you as an author of your life, and so maybe they're gonna start expecting more from you, or maybe they'll be disappointed in you if you fail, or if you don't tell them, maybe you could fail in secret. (laughs) Do any of those sound familiar to the way you've operated in the past? Any of those eight that I've shared? If any of those sound like behaviors you've taken before, and I know there are a few in there that are true of me at various times of my life, you may have a little fear of hope happening inside your mind. And thankfully, there are things that we can do to help you move through the fear of hope. And we're going to talk about that next episode. Until then, remember, these are all natural coping mechanisms and there's nothing wrong with us. In fact, they are even ways you are trying to protect yourself, which is amazing that your mind automatically does this. And yet another reason to keep nourishing your mind and body with fresh food that helps it work well. So thank you so much for tuning in today. Please come back next week to hear all the ways that we can empower ourselves to overcome fear of hope and become more confident in ourselves and our ability to change. Share this with a friend and invite them on the journey with you. I would so appreciate it. And until then, keep practicing health every day. Bye-bye.